Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Friday, May 12th edition of the Basement Academy. As we wrap up our week together, I am delighted to share another of my favorite psalms with you, and my guess is this might be one of your favorite psalms also. Psalm 42 is familiar uh, to many, that there's some language here um, that will resonate. You will have heard before, you will have read before. Um, this is the psalm that sits behind our contemporary praise song, As the Deer Pants for the Water. And so uh, we, we've sung this recently uh, on, uh, in church. So, so it's a familiar psalm to many. It is one of my favorites uh, for reasons I'll talk about. So let me go ahead and read Psalm 42. And a key to understanding it comes in the heading itself. This is for the director of music. Again, the psalms are often sung. It's a maskil, that's a particular kind of song, a maskil of the sons of Korah. This is not a psalm of David. The sons of Korah. They were the worship leaders. They were the music directors. They were the choir directors. They were the musicians, they were the choir, <laughs> um, they were the praise band, okay, uh, if we could say it that way. So they had a prominent role in leading God's people in worship, in song particularly. And so that sets a little bit of context for some of what we'll, we'll talk about. So Psalm 42, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan from the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love, at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, Where is your God? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Psalm 42. And so picturing his own life as a deer, thirsty for the water, so my soul thirsts for God. So again, the worship leaders, musicians, uh, choir directors, uh, 
choir members, church musicians are often have a deep sense of longing for God's presence, a delight and a joy in, in, in worshiping him. Music is, is such an important part of our experience in worship, right? I mean, can you imagine church without music? No pianos, no organs, no flutes, no violins, no brass, no Easter, you know, wonderful music. And so the thirsting of the artistic soul, if I could say it that way. And so um, I think in my own life, uh, why I resonate with this psalm, um, I learned to play guitar in college a little before, just a little bit before, maybe a year or so before I came to know the Lord. And so I got involved pretty early on with the uh, group of folks, the team, I think we call it the worship team, uh, at our Fellowship of Christian Athletes gatherings uh, uh, there in the University Chapel, uh, first Newcomb Hall and then University Chapel. And there'd be four or five, six of us playing guitars and you know we'd rehearse once a week and and so there was something that my own relationship with the Lord is, is almost runs parallel with actually leading worship and playing guitar. And, um, you know, at Greenwich, you would know every once in a while I, I do play the guitar um, and have written some songs, etc., cetera, uh, to express my own heart and worship. And so that what I love about this psalm, it recalls those days for me when I was part of the Sons of Korah, as it were, uh, part of that worship team. Um, but it's, it's the, the wanting, it's the, the longing for God's presence. It, it's, a, it's a thirst. I'm not sure every Christian expresses it or experiences it quite the same way as thirst. Some folks go to church and you know, kind of the emotional side of things, the emotional engagement um, with God maybe is less expressive. We could say it that way, nothing wrong with that, but it's less expressive. And there are some of us who are more expressive and sense the presence of God or the a perceived sense of absence of the presence of God, if that doesn't sound like a contradiction. Um, and so, uh, as I as I've read this over the years, it it, it 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 do I thirst for God? Am I longing for His presence? Am I going through the motions in worship? And that's one of the challenges of being a pastor or a worship leader. You're thinking about everything that's happening in the course of the worship service, and sometimes it's hard to be present to God. And so, the Psalm keeps me attentive in my private prayers to be worshiping God, not just on Sunday mornings for one hour or two hours, but every day to bring my heart and be present and attentive uh, to the Lord. Um, it's an emotional Psalm, verse three, my tears have been my food day and night. And then there's some taunting by others while men say to me, where is your God? So I'm not sure all of the circumstances, but it seems as if there's a separation of the psalmist from the worshiping community. And because verse four, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, there's that, that, that passion, that emotional intimacy, that emotional intensity. 
These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. So maybe this son of Korah, this descendant of Korah, the worship leaders, maybe he's retired. Maybe there's infirmity. Maybe there's old age. Maybe there's something that keeps him from going to the house. And so he's recalling the good old days when I used to lead worship. I used to lead the people in the procession and the joy and the excitement and the passion and the singing and the hallelujahs. And I think this is something that I anticipate facing. And so I, I pray this portion of the psalm in an anticipatory way. Should my life follow a normal course, then I, you know, not, not die prematurely somehow, I will retire. Uh, there will come a time when I'm no longer leading worship, uh, where I'm just going to church, you know, sitting in the pews and enjoying and being a part of that. But, but right now my call, as with the son of Korah who wrote this, is to lead worship is to be up front calling people together, the call to worship, leading the songs, preaching, all that's involved with that the, the sacred uh, vocation that I share with others. And so I kind of pray this in an anticipatory way, pray into the future, Lord, when that time comes, when I'm looking back on these days that I am now living, when I'm, it's, it's kind of like yesterday, Psalm, when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me. So when I am out in the future, God, and I'm no longer an active pastor leading worship, oh, may my, may my heart not be downcast. May, may, may I not, may I not be distressed. It, it seems like the son of Korah here is in some distress, right? And so... So I, I, I use this psalm to pray into my future, if that hopefully makes some sense to you. Uh, he goes on, verse 7, Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. So I'm picturing now being at the beach, right? You know, we've all, if you've gone to the beach, you know, you get caught in that wave and all of a sudden, you know, you're knocked down. Certainly we've seen this with our children. They just don't, understand that the power of the of the surf of the waves and so again the emotional intensity of this this grief moment the mourning that that, that that the psalmist is in and it sounds like it's the morning of reflection pining for the good old days maybe some nostalgia we're not immune from that are we and so this notion of being knocked over by the emotions Deep calls to deep. So there's this depth in me that's calling out to the depth of God. And I, so much of my experience with God was in worship, was in leading worship, being part of that, our identity. And, and this is the, one of the things I, I think about in the future. My identity is so tied into being a pastor. My identity is tied into being a teacher. You know, here I am, you know, doing the Basement Academy. This gives meaning and purpose and direction to my life. What happens when I'm no longer doing the Basement Academy? When I'm no longer preaching, I'm no longer leading worship, I'm no longer um, having people seek me for counsel. When I'm just not, do 
you know, a lot of men in particular struggle in retirement. They lose a sense of meaning and purpose. And so I can imagine this sense of deep calls to deep. You know, I, I, I've lost a sense of purpose and meaning of the things that I that have given me so much energy and focus and purpose in life. I'm not doing them anymore. God, where are you? God, what's going So I can imagine something like that as I, as I pray this psalm. And I can recall a time in my own life when I was uh, in another church, not Greenwich, and was in a place of conflict uh, with a coworker, actually my boss. And this psalm spoke so deeply to me uh, as I, every month as I was walking through this season of conflict and I, not, I feel like I was having to restore what I did not steal. Um, and, and there was some deep challenge to that season. It, it formed me significantly but I, I would literally go to the sanctuary of our church, you know, and go to, I'd go to work, you know, and then I'd sneak aside and I would go sit in the balcony as a pretty good size sanctuary. And I would just pray and I would get down and kneel and I was, I was weeping at times. I just, I don't understand how I got to this place. I'm in conflict. I don't think I've done wrong. I guess I've done wrong. I don't know what I've done wrong. Help me, Lord. And the waves and the breakers of emotion were just sweeping over me and just carrying me away. And so this psalm became very personal to me at that point. It became one of my favorites. It became kind of a lifeline in some ways. So when I pray this psalm, a couple things are going on. I'm, I'm, I'm looking out into the future when I'm no longer leading the procession to the house of God. And I'm looking back into a season of my life when the waves and breakers of emotion and conflict and disappointment and regret and grief and a sense of confusion were sweeping over me. And I was just thirsty, God, where are you? And so this is what the Psalms do. By praying the Psalms regularly, it, it, they, they serve as connective tissue to our lives to some degree. You know, we've, we've got youth, uh, and then our adulthood and then middle age and then we start into old age you know and we start and, and the psalms become the constant uh, presence to us and so many of these psalms I attach memories to experiences to I, I've shared some of those with you and so it's like this oh it, it kind of the psalms help keep my life connected that seems like such a hundred years ago a different part of my life no that was my life too and this psalm bears witness to that. It keeps that part of my life, though it was past, there's a presence to it. And remembering the lessons of that moment, of that season of, of, of disappointment and confusion and going to the sanctuary and praying. So every month when I pray this psalm, I can recall that moment. And, and then, Lord, if the, if the waves come again, as I'm sure they will, um, I know that you're faithful and I can... I'll be rescued, you know, when the waves and breakers are sweeping over me. Um, by day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me. And so, again, there's the clue, the worship leader, the sons of Korah. Music was so important. And so this is why I'm an advocate of learning the hymns. They last, you know, these great hymns of the faith you know, endure from age to age, from generation to generation. We're singing hymns that hundreds of years of God's people have been singing. I like the contemporary pieces too, many of them. 
we'll have to see how many of them last, right? Will people still be singing in Christ alone 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years from now? You know, who knows? But being able to sing the songs of faith at night. This, so when we're separated from the sanctuary, when we're separated from worship, when we can't come into the, to the house of God, COVID, illness, age, uh, other reasons that keep us away, if we've learned the songs, those songs can accompany us. They, 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 they're part of us. So at night when our heart is overwhelmed and we're downcast and we're, we're, we're sad and we're thirsting for the Lord, we can remember a hymn. Um, so, so this at many times, you know, uh, when I've been about my day and sometimes in the evening at night is when things get tricky for folks when we're in a bit of depression or, or discouragement, season of discouragement, Nighttime is when sometimes we get we can get overwhelmed with emotions. And so I pray that you might have a song in the night that brings comfort, that becomes your prayer uh, to the Lord. And, you know, I, I, I sing many songs throughout the course of the day and hope you do as well. And so then I finish with the, the, this phrase that actually is a refrain. It, it, it occurs earlier in the psalm up in verse five and then repeated in verse 11. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. And so I love the kind of the internal dialogue that the Psalms offer us. The psalmist is, is kind of speaking to himself at this point, it, what we sometimes call self-talk, right? This internal voice that, 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 you know, we each have and we speak to ourselves. God has given us this, this ability, this capacity to kind of be the fly on the wall of our own life, right? To kind of observe our own life as an outsider to some degree. And so the psalmist twice, why are you downcast, O my soul? So revealing the, 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 the season of discouragement, of depression, of being downcast. Why so disturbed? And so this, oh, so the, I'm stirred up. And then almost preaching to himself, put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. <laughs> Don't put your hope in your identity as a worship leader. Don't put your hope in your skill as a musician. Don't put your hope in your um, ability to make money. Don't put your hope, uh, you know, you're a parent. Put your hope in God, in God alone. Do we find our confidence, our hope, our strength? And we find our identity. We find our sense of purpose in so many other things in life. We put our hope in our wealth. We put it in our cleverness. We put it in our ability to, to be funny. We, we put it in so many things, <laughs> in our identity, in our job, our vocation. And again, I suspect women struggle with this, but men certainly do. We, we become identified with our work. And when work isn't going well or we no longer are working, we're retired, some men just, they're, they're lost. They have kind of spiritual vertigo. Watch this with my father a little bit. So that's why I anticipate I might too be, be uh, vulnerable uh, to these same uh, dynamics and temptations. 
And so I love the psalm, the way it, in the middle of the psalm and then how it wraps up. Put your hope in God. I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And so it's like, why are you downcast? And then I will yet praise him. So preaching to the self and then responding. And it's this beautiful picture of the, the soul in pilgrimage. The, the, the emotional intensity, the passion, the desire for God, the sense of his absence, all of this wraps up. Let's remember who we are and whose we are. We are the people of God. We are children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And we belong to him. That's who we are. We are the children of God and we belong to him and he keeps us. So whatever season you may be in right now, as you read Psalm 42, um, I pray that you'll remember this psalm so that when you hit a season of discouragement, of being downcast for some reason or other, you can turn to Psalm 42 and find there a companion <laughs> that you're not alone in that season of uh, discouragement, okay? And so let's, let's put our hope in God. And so, friends, the, this, uh, these verses and many others are why this is one of my favorite psalms. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the witness of the psalms in total and this psalm in particular. And so increase our thirst, our hunger for your presence. May we delight to be in your presence. May we love to come into the house of God. May we love to sing the songs and offer the prayers and hear the word of God. And we pray for those seasons and moments of our lives when we are downcast and discouraged. I pray for any who may be walking through such a season right now that the, this psalm might become a, a faithful friend. And we thank you for the honesty of the psalmist here, this son of Korah. And so... Lord, help us to put our hope in you and help us to remember that we will yet praise you, that there comes a time and a place, an unclouded day when we shall join with your people finally, fully, and forever, and we shall be in your presence. Until then, Lord, when the waves and breakers come, Lord, uh, would they not sweep over us, but would, would, would you hold us and hold us fast with songs in the night that become our prayers to you, the God of our life. And so hear our prayer as we make it now in the name of the Savior Jesus who taught us to pray together saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, may you know that living water of Jesus Christ who quenches the thirst and may you know that cup that overflows and may that happen today for you and you find comfort and strength in the God of your life, even Christ our Lord. Amen.